Welcome to Glass Half Full Moon, where if we didn't prematurely label films as the final chapter, Full Moon features would go out of business. <sighs> it's a fun one tonight, guys. My name is Casey, y'all know me. I'm here with my dear co-host Gabe, my partner in crime, the one who shares my pain. Casey, this hurt. Uh... This one physically hurt me. Like, I would say out of the two of us, I have the higher tolerance for this bullshit than you. You do. This is, this one was rough. So, tonight's movie is Puppet Master 5, the final chapter. And, as you can imagine, that's an outright lie. Listen, Friday the 13th can get away with it because it's Friday the 13th. I'm not Friday letting Puppet Master let this down. They did it twice. Friday can do it twice because it's Friday the 13th. This is Puppet Master. Puppet Master earns no, earns no respect, earns no, none of my sympathies. Puppet, Puppet Master can go fuck itself. So, a little tidbit of info about Puppet Master 5. Now, this was intended to be the final installment in the franchise, but the series would be revived in 98 with a standalone sequel, thus leading us to the super low-budget schlocky franchise we have today. This was also intended to be the second half of a longer film entitled Puppet Master the Movie, with Charles Band directing, but for whatever reason it was broken up into installments 4 and 5 with directing duties going to Jeff Burr. That is basically all the interesting facts I could find about this film. I will say, though, we have taken a bit of a break from Puppet Master, and I did, I did miss our little puppet friends a bit. They've, they've grown on me. They're, they've grown like a fungus. Um, in as much as I did Is it the fungus from Bad Channels? No. They, they've grown on me in a way that I didn't want my life to have such a connection to these puppets, but it now does, and you know what? I think I'm fine with that. I was gonna say, because that's self-inflicted. You're the one who suggested we do this podcast. I'm aware. I'm aware. And I will definitely say, with five movies under our belt, I've, I've grown kind of fond of the Puppet Master theme music. It's jaunty and delightful, even if it's oftentimes used in a very boring fashion. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that the Puppet Master theme is... It's something that does feel very suitable for the material. Mm-hmm. You, know, you listen to that theme and you know exactly what you're getting into. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's good. Or the things you're getting into is good, but you you are, you know what to expect. I guess that leads us into our first provocation of the evening. Gabe, was was this a good movie? Hell no. This is, in my opinion, the worst Puppet Master film we've watched thus far. I will agree to that. Like, three, honestly, is probably the best that we've watched. Three is the best, followed by two, uh, one, and then four. And, and then, then this, this is this is a, at a steep decline. Yeah. 
I genuinely think four would have been better if they had just made these two movies or just made these two movies into one movie. Like was originally planned. Yeah. Just to have a more concise, because there are moments in this that are moderately entertaining. It feels very padded for time. And that's a, that's kind of a consequence. I, I have my notes here. This is the least I've had to write for notes for a while. Because everything just, just keeps... It just, just things happen. Just images of people doing things is what this movie is. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely... This, this movie is incredibly padded for time. Even... One of the editors dubbed this movie as Hall Walkers because there's just a lot of hallway scenes pa- padding for time. Hall Walkers does sound like a uh, uh, Kevin Smith film. It does, which is not a comp- is not like good. I don't know if I'd rather be watching a Kevin Smith film, but I know that these two things are not dissimilar. It depends on the Kevin Smith film. But that being said, I suppose we should stop uh, padding for time and get into it as our movie opens with the familiar Puppet Master theme with two and a half minutes of our standard white text on black background. As As is common with full moon movies because they just can't figure out how to do like a proper cold open or just... We've had a few, um, a few thus far that have had kind of fun, like, intros. Like, I remember Oblivion didn't just had like actual footage and stuff happening. You know, like, I know that's a very low bar to pass, but they passed it. Yeah, that's true. Then again, we are in the era of movies where it's pretty common to have your opening credits and your ending credits as well. Whereas these days, it's just ending credits. Yeah, yeah. Either way, our fill opens up with our boy wonder Rick Myers in police custody being questioned for the death of his co-workers. They're pretty convinced that Rick is responsible, but there's no evidence as such. There's... Literally no evidence. Literally, it's not so, until office, the officer dumps Blade out onto the desk and then says, "You under arrest, son." That's not evidence. The literally the the police's logic is: we have footage of a woman here. She is being attacked by something that is clearly very small. This man happens to have a puppet with machinery inside of it. Therefore, he used this puppet to kill her. I mean, that sounds like pretty commonplace police procedure, even nowadays. It, 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 we can use that excuse, but it's still lazy writing. Oh, it's 100% lazy. But it's also lazy police work. I, I would, I just would like there to be, even if it was just like, oh, Blade's got blood on him or something. Like, then you could be like, well, why is there blood on this puppet? What it, why did you bloody up this puppet? But no, there's they don't also, even do there's that. There's also the fact of the matter that 
Rick wasn't even in the same place as his co-workers when they died. And they're right. still pinning it on him just for the sake of that blade was in his possession. Yeah, it's real rough. And even rougher is our recap time, which honestly I kind of needed. I'd forgotten a lot of what happened in 4. It is sure. It doesn't make it any less uh, lazy and bad. Yeah, I mean, it's about four and a half minutes of recycled footage. It, oh, it, again, it, 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 it raises the question of why not just make these two, two movies into one movie? Oh, that's right, money. But yeah. after that, we get Blade breaking out of the evidence locker, right? Um, so Rick has posted bail, Blade has been put into evidence, and we are introduced to Dr. Jennings, who is the director of operations of the company that Rick works for. Rick is, explains what went down at the Bodega Bay Inn while Blade works on getting himself out of lockup. So, I, I, maybe it's just because I've been playing, replaying Fallout 3 recently, and this actor plays a role in that, but th- is it just me, or does Professor Jennings sound like Liam Neeson? I can't really say, because one, the first time I watched this was like a week and a half ago, and two, the rewatch I did today was at double speed. Fair enough. That's entirely valid. I thought he sounded like Liam Neeson. Also, even with a rewatch, I've forgotten a lot of what happened in this movie. Because... <laughs> Nothing happens in this movie. I rewatched this like an hour ago. I rewatched. And... I I finished my rewatch like thirty minutes ago, and I'm still just like, what happened? I don't remember. Either this is way, truly the the um, senility of films. Is the movie senile or are we? Yes. We've got movie Alzheimer's. Puppet Alzheimer's. Puppet Alzheimer's. Yes. <laughs> Either yeah. way. Yeah, moving on. Either way, Rick Rick gets picked up at the police station by his girlfriend. And they get smoochy while Blade sneaks into his pack. And we, of course, get to a sex scene. Or at least we would if Rick didn't just straight up fall asleep in the middle of it, which I actually found pretty funny. Yeah, I think that if I thought this, if I thought that uh, Charles Band was smart enough, I would have assumed this to be a uh, play on the tropes of his movies. But he's not smart enough, so you know. But and... that, that, they, they, they do, they do, they do the smooching, they do the smooching, and God damn that costume is rough as we cut back to the dark pharaoh Sutek, and who approved that costume with his creepy puppet self with his weird ass form and his giant buppy nip knops he's got nipples but they're like in the center of his chest like like they're they're flanking his heart where his heart would be it's real weird his nipples are innies and not outies. Uh. 
I'm also fairly certain that the Sutek scenes are also padding for time. Just because we cut back to him doing the same shit over and over and over. Yeah, I would agree with you there. It's mm, it's real. We had to have this happen. Feeling right, like yeah, because it turns out got another totem up his sleeve, and this time he's got one last trick he wants to use. I thought you were gonna say but... he had a totem up his ass. <laughs> I mean, is well, we're not gonna talk about it anymore. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Between the cuts of Sutek, pelvic thrusting at his little totem dude, Jennings is apparently a government shill as he's selling the tech from Omega's project for military purposes. Because of investors. Because of investors. And he gets the clever idea of, oh, uh, this, this fellow Rick... Was like, oh, we need to. We have. I have the puppets, and he's like, oh, maybe I can also have the puppets. What? Okay. Maybe I can sell the puppets. And, and then Rick has a nightmare about a lady in a blood red bath with adorable little bath toys. She's also getting a head massage from Pinhead while Tunneler drills into her temple. That was really fucking weird. And it's perhaps the one time I kind of unglazed and was addressing what was happening before me. And I was okay. like, oh, it's a, it's a dream sequence. All right, I'm going back to being glazed. Apparently, this was Jeff Burr's favorite moment from the film. This is the director's favorite bit. Is this weird nightmare bathtub scene. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'm also just like... What bath bomb is she using? Where did she get those cute little bath toys? And where can I get a head massage from Pinhead? Because I bet he'd be very good at it. I would love to be lobotomized by Tunneler right now. <laughs> I thought we already were. Not specifically by Tunneler. I would love to just have that drill go right into my fucking pineal gland and like... <laughs> fuck. If we're going into the pineal gland, that's a whole different movie, pal. It's a whole different production company. That's a whole different can of worms, literally. But, but it's, yeah. it's, at, it's at this point that Blade is also a weirdly adorable little sidekick. Yeah, Blade takes on a bit more of a second is what I could say. Like the he's he's like the 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 side yeah side kick to Rick, as you said, and it I think it works. Blade yeah. is objectively the ghost of the puppets because, you know he, he's got the most personality. Hat. And hat. Yeah, and hat. As he and Rick go back to the Bodega Bay Inn to get the other puppets. And and Rick's hiding Blade in his jacket, like, no, I can't let the taxi cab see you. He's like, hey, stop, don't you prick me with those things. And I'm just like, oh, that's cute. While Susie goes to visit her friend Lauren the Psychic in the hospital. Uh, who's this character? She was the psychic lady from... And apparently she's in the hospital. We there get a lot a of intercuts of her. Yeah, she was dating the asshole. I don't remember. I, yeah, okay. Wait, right, okay, yes. Yeah. 
She was dating the asshole. But there are two things in this movie that are obvious paths for time. The bits with Sutek and the bits with Lauren in the hospital. Obvious paths for time. Because they were not needed. Mm, Yeah. Though I will say, I don't know if we're... We're not at that part yet, but... When when Sutek is making his little like fucking ultra Muppet or whatever, he, he pelvic thrusts at it. Right, and I thought because it's cutting between that and he's like going, "Be born, be born," and it's cutting to her like 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 jittering in the hospital. I for well, did you I, think this was a warlock scenario? I thought that woman was going to give birth to a puppet. No, that but that would have been at least interesting, so I understand why they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, Jennings grabs a trio of lackeys to break into the Bodega Bay Inn and steal the puppets, while we get cuts of Sutek pelvic thrusting at his little totem pile, at his little totem pile, to transfer his consciousness and power into it, I guess, so he kind of has like a little proxy. I think that's probably the best way to describe this movie is he does that, I guess. <laughs> I guess. A lot of this movie is just, okay, this happens, I guess. Yeah, and okay, so we also we, we got we got this new puppet. I say new, but it's very clearly just one of the other old ones re like Re-skinned. spiced up a bit. Yeah. What do you think of the new puppet? I mean, it's cool looking. I thought the totems from the last one were cool looking. But Here's the I thing. Mean... I, I agree with you there. But because this is just so clearly the totem, but with a cape, I hate it. <laughs> because You know what I also so hate? What? You know what? Jennings. Because he's an asshole. He shined his flashlight directly into his lackey's eyes. <laughs> like, that's an asshole move, you. Yeah, so these lackeys, I call them the Three Stooges, because that's what they exist for. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a white guy, you've got a Mexican guy, and you've got a black guy. Just like the Three Stooges. (laughs) Just like the Three Stooges. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't call them Three Stooges, because that's an insult to the Three Stooges. Wow. I didn't realize you were that old. I like the Three Stooges, okay? Mm-hmm. That's an insult to Larry, Moe, and Curly. Sure. And by association, Shemp. Sorry, Shemp. <laughs> After I show my age, Rick has gone back to Bodega Bay to find his little puppet pals, and his computer talks to him in a bunch of German while also saying, help me. Uh, I guess that's supposed to be psychic powers? Yeah, it's... Spoiler alert, it's later found that Lauren in her hospital room is communicating to Rick through his computer at the inn. And I'm just like, why that German text That makes no sense. Is it it because the puppets were created in Germany? Maybe. I mean, that's literally the only reason I could think of. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, Jennings lackeys find the glowy pyramid that the totems in the fourth movie. And, of course, our first death is the black guy. Now, I will say, this is one of my favorite tropes in these movies thus far, which is the grown man whom is just holding a puppet close to himself, pretending that it is fighting him. Yeah. That is an, that is an excellent scene. Also, the blood splash on his flashlight turning the room red was pretty fun. Yes, it, like... That's the only thing, is just seeing him roll around with this thing that's very clearly not moving whatsoever. I look at it and I'm just like, eat your heart out, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Except don't, because Bruce Campbell's just so much better than this. Lackey number one gets killed, and then another one just gets straight up bitch slapped by Pinhead. Rightfully so, though, because, I mean, he called Pinhead ugly. Pinhead's a good boy. Pinhead's the best boy. He's, he's a good boy. Pinhead makes me happy. He's a good boy. He's, he's probably my favorite of the puppets, because I'm just like, he gives me very much, like, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Or Patrick. Yeah. Very much. Oh, Patrick, stop. <laughs> Who are you calling Pinhead? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, we, we move forward. The, and, and, and this movie be a whole lot of searching through the inn. A lot of hallways. Just keep kind of happening. Yeah. Although, uh, non-baseball fan Lackey finds... Pinhead and Jester in the kitchen, and he finds Pinhead on top of a bunch of stellars standing next to a can of Popeye brand spinach, and that's weirdly funny to me. They're just so tiny. <laughs> it's it's funnier because it's Pinhead and he's standing next to Popeye brand spinach. Got big fat arms, and yeah, yeah. no, I see it. <laughs> and this is really one of the most like re one of the scenes that really led me to say call these guys the three stooges because this just feels so slapstick yeah because he's trying to go after pinhead and jester's there as well and he's got a hammer and he just takes the hammer straight to the dude's nuts because hitting a guy in the nuts will never not be funny that is true I don't care who you are, seeing a guy deservedly get hit in the nuts, comedy gold. Yep. And while this is happening, baseball lackey dies in the same fashion, being slashed to death by the totem. Again, yeah, that just kind of happens, and now we're moving again. No, now we're moving on. Yep. As apparently Susie shows up to the inn, like... How did she know that Rick was headed there? How did she know that he was there? Psychic powers. Well, Susie's not the psychic. Lauren is. Susie is Rick's girlfriend. Psychic powers? <laughs> Question mark this time? We're also 52 minutes in at this point, which just goes to show how little happens in this movie. And we finally see Tunneler and Torch. And yet Torch was not in the fourth movie. Torch was not in the fourth movie, but Rick seems to know immediately who Torch is. 
Rick recognizes him. For some reason. Continuity error. And apparently also Rick knows that Susie is in the hotel. Yeah. And also, okay. I know that it doesn't matter because no one on production cared, but I care for some reason. Torch was created in Puppet Master 2, right? By Zombie Toulon. Yes. However, due to these events of Puppet Master of of Puppet Master 4, it would it would was implied that they had retconned that because they found the puppets in the case that they would have been found in during Puppet Master 2, Puppet Master 1, right? Yeah. How, why is Torch there? The fact that Torch is even a thing is weird because considering Puppet Master 2, Toulon is obviously the villain. And yet, going forward, he becomes like a sort of like guide figure. Like a he's on the spectrum of good. So right. where does two fall within the continuity? Is it even canon at this point? It, it and if it's not be. and if it's not, why is Torch there? It We need to find Charles Band and confront him. That's the only way we're getting our answers. I don't want to do that. I We must confront the demon. But I don't have enough holy water. We must fight the evil, lest we become complicit in its acts. We already kind of have. We're covering his movies. Um, but... No, there's that. And it is also at this point I ask myself I asked myself, why puppets? Because at this point like early on, it the puppet thing was pretty much like because they could be small and not be seen, right? That's pretty yeah. much the 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 gist of why the puppets are puppets. But at this point, when more or less it's just an all-out brawl. Why would Sutek not make a being that is, like, big? I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I guess because the totems are portable? But... He only has the one, and he is making it for the explicit purpose to just go out and kill people, like, in a specifically defined area. Maybe maybe the magic of, like, creating life can only go so far. Like, it can only... It can only be used on a creature that is of certain size. Anything larger and it becomes super unstable. Which makes sense in the terms of Toulon concerning he was very unstable in in 2. But the puppets were perfectly fine. I'm going to find Charles Band and like give him nuggies until he gives me the answer. (laughs) I was going to say give him a swirly. I'm going to bully him until he tells me the truth. 
You're gonna wet Willie him. You're gonna shove your boogers in his face. Because, like, this is what you're doing to us. You're shoving your boogers in our face. This is the fate you have caused for us. (laughs) Boogers. Where the fuck are we in the movie? We're almost towards the end because Uh, apparently. Torch, right. Torch appeared and. Yes. Uh, Rick apparently knows that Susie is in the hotel. Lauren the psychic told Susie that Rick was in trouble, and yet I did not see that happen at all in the past hour of the film. Don't worry about it. Lauren is also apparently talking to Rick through the computer while in a trance in the hospital. Sure. I guess. And and is this where they reactivate Decapitron? Yes. Decapitron comes back to be his little deus ex machina self to get rid of the last totem. Which doesn't make sense because why would they have it didn't the last movie didn't really end with him being turned off. Nope. Maybe he just kind of took a nap. Decapitron need sleep. (laughs) Decapitron took his melatonin already. Decapitron needs REM. <laughs> Where is my planky? <laughs> sure. That's the reason. This, this is where we're at. This is where we're at in these movies. We're just done. Um, it's like, Seed People was bad enough to the point of anger. This is bad enough just to the point of apathy. Just pure apathy. We don't give a fuck anymore. Because, like, Jennings has apparently now turned to helping Rick since the totem is killing his men. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, so, oh, here's, okay. Jennings, right? He His plan is dumb, but there is a sense to it. Of, like, okay, I want the things so that I can get the money. And apparently they're just tiny little uh, fucking... Puppets, so cool, yay. But then, but then, all the puppets come, and they start killing people. It's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I guess I gotta work together with these guys just so that I don't, you know, die. But then, but then, for some reason, Jennings decides to attack Rick. Well, well, first off... Decapitron turning to to Talon's face is always so fucking weird to me. Is it because of the extra long neck? Yes. But also Decapitron's just like, yo, you head out of here, the puppets and I will fight off the Sutex totem thing. Jennings demands to grab a puppet for the quote-unquote future of Omega, and Rick's just like, fuck that, I'm out. We find... Our final lackey is dead, and Jennings just straight up says fuck you and beats Rick with a flashlight in the elevator, because he just can't let shit go. For some reason. <sighs> but he he gets his comeuppance because he just straight up, straight up gets killed by the puppets, because Torch gets him to fall down the elevator shaft. Torch knows what's up, and what's up is him, is Jennings. Going down. (laughs) 
What's Check, up? Please. Is Jennings going up in flames? Uh... Oh, 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 I cannot wait for the sweet embrace of death. <laughs> Either way, Rick and Susie have left the building. And our final bit of this film is puppet battle. This is fun. I will yes. give it as much as it's fun when you we just focus on the puppets being puppets fighting each other. Yeah. Also, Decapitron switched heads between cuts. But I will say the puppets flying through the air reminded me so much of Action League Now, and that made me smile. <laughs> I loved Action League Now. Yeah, so we get Decapitron fighting with the totem. And... There's all kinds of laser blasts, and Sutek's just like, you cannot defeat me. And Decapitron's like, but the magic can. You cannot defeat me. And then he defeats him. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a puppet explosion as Rick apparently came back and steps on the head of the totem's charred remains. And we get an end scene... Where apparently the puppets are fine. Yeah, our film ends with Rick and Susie living together. Rick officially is the new puppet master, and all the puppets are living with him now, or at least Blade and Pinhead are, and Decapitron, because he's apparently working on him. And that's how our film ends. That is the film. I will call this the end of Puppet Master's first act, as this was the intentional end of the franchise, and we are going to get a break from it for a few years, or at least in our case, maybe a few months. And you, you do grow fond of these puppets after having spent so much time with them. They have their quirks, they have their own little personalities. If anything, the human characters are what's more boring than anything. Yeah, and, and I think that the movie is aware of that. And the movie is, like, actively pushing the puppets to be the center of attention. But it's a lot like with how... I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I know that this is like a, like a film franchise that shifted from the monster from the uh like how okay like how they kind of turned freddy krueger into a cartoon character right yeah. where the movies took a real seat to a lot any of the main characters and just kind of let freddy be flanderized in a way yeah where in a lot of these horror franchises, you need to have a solid human component, a solid grounded component when you have these kind of mascot characters. I, I wouldn't say more so much as Freddy. I would say more Chucky in 4 and 5 when we get to Bright and Seed of Chucky. Okay, yes, that's exactly, yes, that's exactly the Funnily enough, both toy characters... Yes, um, where, but it's yeah. like, in the first three movies, you get the saga of Andy Barkley dealing with this murderous little toy, 
And then come four and five, you get Chucky is the star of it all. The human characters don't really matter that much except for Jennifer Tilly because we fucking love Jennifer Tilly. But then Jennifer Tilly does not because doesn't say human. No, she doesn't. Um, until she plays but then herself. She does. But then she does, and then we kind of get a resurgence to the original format with a uh, curse and cult of Chucky, where we have our main character in Nika. Yeah, and we get kind of the the return to format. Yeah, and it is a it. I haven't watched those. I've heard really good things about them. They're I so to, good. I, I highly recommend. Watch. They're so good. I also need to watch the sci-fi series. We need to. Yeah. We talked about watching that together. Can we and then watch discuss- that instead of this? I think it's too late. Uh, okay. Either- I can't just get rid of the memories of Puppet Master and watch Chucky instead. No, sadly enough, no. we've already we've already made the whole podcast episode. Okay. <sighs> right, well, I guess would you recommend this movie to anyone? Mm, no. N- and yeah, same. Yes. Would Although you... it is it is funny enough knowing that apparently they lost a day of shooting due to a crew walkout as all their paychecks collectively bounced. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I read that. <laughs> yeah, and it makes um, it makes sense. Yeah, but 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 um. So what we have here is we got Sutek. Who who would you like to see fight Sutek? Oh God. Um, I want to say I'm gonna say the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He does. He does look like an enemy from from Power Rangers. No, he looks sub Power Rangers. I recently watched some Power Rangers, and he is very much sub Power Rangers. He's still not good enough for the Beetleborgs, though. Like he is not good enough for the Beetleborgs. Um, as far as the full moon universe goes, I might pit Radu against Sutek. Villain, villain crossover. Yes. Bad, bad villain crossover. If you, if you're aware of like some of the older versions of the Ravenloft module, they had kind of like a thing where there was different forms of like classic movie monsters. Oh, that's fun. Before they kind of specifically went towards like you know vampire and one of them was a mummy and so i think that if they did like a like a a a movie monster kind of thing with the egyptian sutek versus radu the vampire yeah and then we bring in the werewolf from meridian no we don't (laughs) i thought we were going with bad versions of classic universal monsters yeah, but the werewolves from Meridian are rapists. That's fair. Anyway, shall we discuss what we're talking about next, which will hopefully be more fun? I, I genuinely can't remember. So our next episode is about Shrunken Heads, a comedy horror directed by a man by the name Elfman. Wait a minute. I'm looking. Wait a minute. 
Directed by Richard Elfman, brother to Danny Elfman, who wrote the main theme music for the movie. Man. Man. This. You know what? No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to act like I'm excited because then I'll be disappointed. We, we shall stem our excitement for now. But until next time. It's just. End the Puppet Master franchise here. Don't watch this one. And I would say we hope you have a horrible evening, but you listen to us watch this, so maybe go have a nice cup of hot cocoa. Yeah. So just don't stop uh, stop at four. I'm pretty sure that this movie adds nothing that the ending of four didn't add. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Stop it stop at Puppet Master Four and have a horrible evening. Fuck off. <laughs> Bye.